0: This is Paul Lam and you're listening to the Path Hunters Podcast. A podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. Another episode of the Path Nunches Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing great today. Um You know, this episode, I I after doing the podcast for about two, has it been two full years now, at least? And basically, after a while, you become very um, you know, you build great connections with people, you you develop really great friendships with people around the world. And 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 what's great about this is that I get to have amazing chats and check in with the these amazing entrepreneurs that I get to interview and such. And one of these entrepreneurs is Damian Lupo, right? And this is the podcast interview today. I wanted to capture one of our conversations that we have from time to time. And we chat about really about everything. But the thing is that I thought I asked him to go in and, and, and allow me to record this episode because I knew that it'd be something – uh, that, uh, that really ties in together with every aspect of business, life, and everything. Uh, I believe that, that there is no balance in between everything. I believe that there is a constant layer of everything that has to touch health, wealth, relationship, love, and everything. And so, This is one of these episodes where I I get to enjoy and get to capture these conversations for you guys. So in hopes that you guys learn – today we're going to talk a little bit about – Relationships, a lot of different topics, a lot of different kind of. We just went in different ways, and it was just so fun to have a chat with Damien Lupo here. Because the thing is, like, he's he's built more than thirty plus companies. Who was on one hundred and seventy five plus and still going podcast episodes, and he's just he's just been an amazing like just friend to me, and and I get to share with this with you guys again. So check this out, guys, and have an, an awesome episode here today. Hope you guys love it with Damian Lupo. So ladies and gentlemen, Path Hunters, I'm an amazing guest here today, a good friend of mine that he was on the podcast before and I brought, had to bring him back because like, you know, we've been we built an amazing friendship where we we where like I have like the utmost respect for this man and he's just like an amazing dude and just has so many things going on he's like he's you know he invented his own his own like martial arts in a sense like Yokito founder here and uh you know financial mentor I have Damien lupo in the house here Damien, what is going on my friend how is everything
1: you know it's birthday day which is a it's a reflection day and and it's par- partially grateful I'm still here. And and then now thinking, all right, what am I going to do the next 40 years? Because I just turned 41, so it's it's an interesting place. I I'm hearing people say midlife now, and I'm laughing. I'm like, shut your face! You know what? (laughs) That midlife for you maybe, but this is my first quarter quarter, you know. So
0: yeah,
1: uh, it's it's a fascinating day. I I have a different perspective on this. I just I, I use these days for reflection and planning and vision. It's a little bit different. I don't really care about the cake.
0: It's so trippy because I do the exact same thing and I gave you like the worst intro. I promise I'll give you like the better intro in the very beginning uh, of this prior to the show. But um, I'm going to let you steal the ship and like you know tell the audience of who you are a little bit so that way we can just dive into like your birthday. I really want to talk a little bit about the reflection part of it because not a lot of people do this but I do it as well too. I do what you do and um, but we'll just take a few minutes just that way like I'm, I'm sure people already know who you are but let's just get that out of the table and, and, and go from there. But um, David, who are you?
1: <laughs> Who am I? You know, I, apparently I, I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and a friend of mine that was running it has coined me the most the world's most interesting man, and I laugh. But it's it's sort of funny because it's just normal for me. Like we all have our normal, and for me, normal is going to Africa and hanging out with the gorillas for a couple of days. Like that seems <laughs> normal to me. So that's what I did a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, and then I'll, I'll go do something else. I'll go with the penguins in Antarctica and and dodge polar bears up in in the North Pole. But that's just part of my life because. My life's driven based on something different than most people. I think most people are in a space of of thinking about security and, and significance, shiny objects and money and like nesting, whereas I shift over and focus on the peak life, which is the people, the experiences, the environment and the contribution. So visioning is about filling the peak uh, pools or buckets, if you will, with what I'm going to spend my time with, because ultimately our calendar tells us what we are. I mean, if you look at your calendar, you can you can kind of see what your life is all about and what matters to you and and where you're going. So I look at my calendar and I make sure that it's full of a peak life and not just a security fear based experience. And and so it's a very purposeful uh it's a purposeful experience that is different than maybe my twenties when I was mostly just on focused on security and significant shiny objects consuming things and you know it was it was more of the, the we're gonna get into this but it was more of the game about just tackling and conquering and there is a shift that happens at least for some some of us i think that's happening for me away from just the tackling and conquering and more for the fulfillment side where i'm wanting to go deeper into things more connected deeper connected and not just you know dating half of humanity and and that kind of thing.
0: The so. superficial stuff. Like, I, I, right. this is where we vibe so well together because like, you and I have private conversations where we talk a lot about this, where we talk a lot about like, what is, what is, what is life all about really, right? Like, why, you know, besides the beyond the scope of like the superficial stuff about like checking, ticking off boxes. And like, I feel like everybody's in the matrix. I always like to call it where I gotta get married. I gotta go get the career. I gotta go get the nice car. I gotta buy the nice house. I gotta have that kid all by like, before 30 or something like that. I don't know why there was like something like that. I don't know whoever invented this, but I was like, man, this is bullshit because like it's, it's completely horseshit because like, it's like, it's like, you can, yeah, you can have all that, but, and I'm just going to get off on a tangent because like, it's just like, is this really what you want or is it what society says and instilled in you, right? It's kind of like people say like, I've always wanted this house. I've always wanted, no, you don't. You're a single guy that just wants a big house because you're trying to impress people you don't like kind of deal right it's like it's what's up
1: like i don't know that, that's 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 what that's what we're 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 basically trained to do it's it's part of this this whole human need of significance yeah and and if if we don't consciously break that it's going to drive us it's going to pull us it's going to push us it's going to keep us trapped we're going to constantly be looking for externally for validation that we're worth something. Yeah, and that's that's what these big houses. Like I remember when I got my Ferrari, I was very excited. I was excited for about a week. That's how long it took me to get arrested <laughs> for you know in this car because I was showing off, and it it was stupid. But I, instead of saying okay, this is for me, like if I got a car now then i i got a tesla because i believe in the in the founder's vision i didn't get it to impress anybody i don't think anybody cares because there's teslas everywhere but you know so i did that because i believe in something deeper i don't i'm not doing it to show off most of what we see and and i mean a lot of us are doing this i was doing this in massive ways was trying to make sure that people knew that i was like i was important and it was because i didn't believe i was yeah. i you know i had to prove it to everybody else but nobody cares because they're focused on their own crap
0: <laughs> oh man this is why it's already been like why like i started recording maybe 7 minutes ago and 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 like the conversation has already like already excited i'm already excited for this already man um all right so before uh, i want to i want to dive a little bit more deeper in that but happy birthday you know like i said like you like you're saying you just turned in 41 and and it was just like I hate it when people say Midlife crisis It's as if like It's bullshit Like it's it's. I just want to slap them In the face Because like It's just like No it's not You know There's a chapter In Think and Grow Rich And I've dove into Think and Grow Rich Like three four times already uh just recently and 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 it talks about how how a man in around like you know 40s and stuff like that is the beginning of the peak point of his life because like in his 20s like you said uh they're all in a race they don't really know what they want they kind of just go after the things that they, they 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 think they want but now it's more like once you finally get the things you want it's like what do you what do you it's like for you now I can tell that you're after experiences. You're aftering for deeper, meaningful like, connections with people and more conversations and, and figuring out how you can you know, impact other people's lives on top of doing what you do at the same time. And it's quite interesting how, how you're using your birthday to do that, right? And I'm, I'm curious though, on, on your thoughts on how you would reflect on today specifically and, and from here on out and how you would implement these actions once you come to the conclusion.
1: I think it's funny that we're talking about midlife, whatever, crisis and things that people focus on. I think that, that has more to do with them having their best moments in the past versus in the future. Yeah. For me, it's it, the midlife or this point in time, it's more of a checkup for me. It's really interesting. I was just in, in San Diego at the Health Nucleus, Peter Diamandis' program, where I had my genome mapped and this full-body MRI. it's Very interesting. It was really cool. This is a $100 million test. 15 years ago 100 million in fact they didn't even have it for the general public 15 years ago but if you were going to map the genome it was 100 million dollars so for a few thousand bucks i get to have this deep dive and and so it's really fascinating for me to see these things and you you can really get insights so it's more about understanding and and really knowing who we are at this point when we're in our 20s it's a total free-for-all. You're doing everything. You're jumping all over the place. You have no idea who you are. I think it's a very, very dangerous time to get involved in relationships like where you say for the rest of my life, man, you don't know who the hell you are <laughs> at 25. And and then you have start having kids. Great. You don't know who you are, so you're going to start imparting your wisdom on these, these human beings. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad parent. It just means you don't know shit about anything and that it takes life experience. So I, I find it fascinating to be in a place where I don't have kids and, and maybe there's a, there's going to be a time where I will. And it's going to be a different thing than if I had had them when I was 20 or 25 and I was basically just out there tackling everybody and everything. And, and so it's, it is a different experience. I don't need a shiny car to have an experience today. Mm-hmm. What I'm craving is the C in that peak life, which is the contribution. And what, what happens because I'm focusing on those, I'm, I'm really easily able to say no thank you to most things now because the, they either align with the peak life or they're part of somebody else's agenda. And if they're both, it can be somebody else's agenda and part of my peak life. And then I'm yes. But if it's somebody else's agenda and it's not part of my peak life, I'm going to say no thank you because I need to hold the space open for the peak life. I can't contribute if my life is full of shit. So I've got to make sure I can say no. We all have to do better at saying no. There are way too many feeds and too many social media things and too many shiny objects and too many stimulations in every direction. And we have to be willing to say no. We're not very good at it because we're constantly triggered and we go into this primal instinct. You talked about age 30. You know, like we're supposed to be doing these things by 30. That's a primal industrial age nonsensical idea yeah. that's been baked into our cortex. We yeah. used to have kids, and then by the time we were 30, we're basically useless because our kids are having kids. Well, we haven't evolved as fast as we've gotten older. Like our brain hasn't evolved as fast as we're able to age and be able to live 80, 90, 100 years. So our brain is still trying to figure out what to do. And wait, at 40, aren't we supposed to be dead? and used up like right now. Yeah. I'm just getting started. Like it's like you Colonel are. Sanders.
0: I'm ready to go. Let's get going. Oh, Colonel Sanders. Oh man. I love the story of Colonel Sanders and like the, the, the I love his story because he just age didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter to him. he, a case of people don't know the story about Colonel Sanders. I don't know. I'm not sure why not, but, but he didn't get his first break until what? Seventies. I think
1: it was seventies. He, that, yeah, I don't even I mean he was out there pounding the pavement in his 60s and getting rejected. He yeah. just he didn't quit. I mean that 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 should tell you something when you go, "Oh, my life is so hard. People are saying no." It's like, man, how many times have you actually paid attention to the number of rejections for the books that we love, yeah. for the, the the screenplays, the movies that we just we we're like, "Amazing." And people that we look up to and the overnight success stories. Even even Justin Bieber. You know whether you like him or hate him. The guy is not an overnight success story he started singing and playing doing his thing when he was three years old yeah it took him like a decade and you guys want to have everything the corner office and the million dollar salary by the time you're 22 after you started at 21 and a half i mean come on
0: <laughs> i love that I- i'm curious now to know like what are your thoughts on someone if you were to meet someone that's like in their 20s and and they call co- okay super trigger i hate it when like you know, twenty year olds call themselves like co- life coach. What life fucking huh. experience do you have? Like you're, you're in 20, I don't even call myself a life coach. Let's be honest. And that's that's ridiculous. So like, what kind of advice would you give to someone like that? That you know, like that really kind of like you know, is very passionate has a, has the gut, the grit, and everything like that. That's willing to do the work and such like that. But they don't have an idea of of their their end goals or the after the shiny object syndrome. Because I'm sure there's many people like that that are listening to this podcast right now that are. Being, they're being like you know paul and david like you guys are bullshit you know what i mean like it's like kind of i want to go get the ferrari or i don't know i don't know what yeah
1: you know what go get the ferrari I, I i love to to experience these things i like to try before i buy so if you want a ferrari go try one and yeah. maybe it maybe it is the ultimate maybe you're going to be the next uh mario andretti and, and you're going to love this thing so much you're going to want to race them i don't know maybe that works for you they The thing about the life coaches, it's fascinating. Most life coaches are absolute frauds. Do you know this is like a $4 billion industry now? It has absolutely exploded, and it's because we're all craving this connection with people. That's what it comes down to. We're craving connection and validation, and honestly, coaches are amazing because the right coaches will ask you questions. The truth is a coach doesn't have any answers. They just have questions and space they can hold for you. That's what a great coach does. I I think that most coaches, unfortunately, think that if they go to a class or a course and they have a certification. I just ran into an old girlfriend on LinkedIn, and I I saw that she'd been promoted, and she said, everything is going really great, and and I'm excited. I'm, I'm about to finish up my certification for life coaching. I'm like, yeah, that's easier to do the certification than it is to actually fix your own life. The hard work is on ourselves, and it's easier just to say I'm a coach and I'm certified and I can help you fix you. You know what? Go under your own hood. Let's see what's there because the truth is most life coaches are absolute frauds. They don't have their own life together. So if you want to be a world class coach, here's how you go into a blue ocean. You guys have heard of the Blue Ocean Strategy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I read that and Blue Ocean Shift, the follow up on my trip to Africa. I read read ten books in ten days and. That's Those insane. were two of them. Yeah. It was it was crazy. I was just I could not get. Well, I also was on the road <laughs> for I don't know like a hundred hours or something, and and so I was looking at that, thinking about that, how that applies in the coaching industry. It's a red ocean for people that have certifications. Yes. It's kind of like the yoga world. Hey, I went to a yoga w- event for teacher training, and now I'm certified. Yeah, okay, you know, in about two or three or five years, then I'm going to be interested in, in learning from you. Like my, my yoga instructor has her first phase of certification took her 12 years. So that's what matters. There is no competition. She is like, she's got her own space. Sean Korn, my, my other primary yoga instructor has been doing her thing for 30 years. And you go, well, I'm not even 30 years old. Like, what are you talking about? Well, here's the thing. If, if you want to be world class, it's not overnight. And so you have to ask yourself, do you want to be part of a red ocean and not really matter? Brendan Burchard says, you know, love, live, love and matter. You know, if you want to matter, you've got to be willing to commit and it takes time. And we're so damn impatient that we tend to not do that. So with coaching to to kind of get to the bottom of that, I, I think coaching is great and you're going to get some value, but. Truly the, the most valuable coaches are the ones that have gone out there and done something and lived and they've got perspective based on more than just a course that they went through.
0: That's crazy to think about that, right? Because it, 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 basically just the experience, I personally feel that – your okay, in your opinion, I want to know who would you rather buy from a coach? There's two types of coaches, all right? The coach that has a successful relationship, that has the wife and everything like that and, and looking from the outside in is you know happy and everything like that one coach all right that's coach one coach two like three divorces three divorces and and been through like you know just you know child support and all these things like that who would you rather learn from i'm curious to get your thoughts on this
1: I think we can learn from both. I definitely yeah. think you can learn more from like I was listening to John Gray, who wrote "Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus." Yeah. amazing books, and he's super fun. Like I was, I was with him in Southern California at the Chopra Center, and he was teaching. Well, the guy teaches about relationships, and he's been divorced five times. Yeah. The, the, so you can say, well, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he the does. guy has been through it. it. It just means he's fallible. He's a human being, and I mean, I, you know, I, I teach and do mentoring with finance, and you could say, well. You know what? What can you teach me? You've lost twenty million dollars and you've bankrupted you know half a dozen companies. Yeah, I know what that stuff's like. It's it sucks, but I actually know what's coming when people have businesses. I can see into the future because of the emotional intelligence that's baked into my cellular structure yeah. because I've gone through it. And you don't have that if it's just bouncing off your brain because you memorized some facts in a book on how to be a finance coach. I mean, give me a break. <laughs>
0: I hate those like weekend warrior like certifications and like those like gym trainers who think they're trainers, right. but they're really not. They're just like, and they're like overweight. They're struggling with like weight. I'm like, oh man. Even I don't think I'm qualified yet. You know, like I, it takes a certain of humility. Um, and and I feel in my opinion like a good coach. And we're gonna shift gears a little bit on the coaching, but um, just because I want to dive so much more with you. But I feel like a good, great, great coach will coach you on how to not need them anymore. I think that's a key component.
1: Well, and, and what does that really? Where does that come from? It comes from somebody that's that's strong enough in their own in their own character, their own belief in themselves, yeah. that they they're, that they're not addicted to keeping you trapped inside their system. That they're really trying to set you free and empower you. Yeah. And if you think about whether it's coaching or finance or wellness, think about the medical industry. What what is the pharma industry focused on? Maintenance drugs. They want to trap you for life. they, they don't want to fix the problem. They want to mask the symptom with the pill. And that's how finance is with Wall Street or wherever you are in the world. People say, hey, just give us your money and come back never. Like, just give us your money forever, basically. We're going to feed you to death because they're not really empowering you. Every industry is trying to figure out the golden goose to keep you trapped. And it's really scary that that's the case. But you've got an opportunity to find the people and the institutions that are trying to empower you that are not addicted. And those are the people that you really want to go after and go into relationship with because they're the ones that are going to set you free.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that, man. So the whole gist of this conversation just now is that basically it's not a midlife crisis. It's a startup like life crisis, not even a crisis startup celebration or something like that. There should be a new name for that.
1: All right. <laughs> well, it's, it, Paul, it's, it's, it's about taking the, like in my case, I've got 41 years of experience Yeah. and I go, Holy cow, that is amazing. And Uh, what am I going to do with the next year of my life with 41 years of experience? And most people don't look at it that way. They go, Oh, I'm getting older, man. You got all this wisdom. It's like the, (laughs) the idea I I crack on this all the time. People go, I'm going to retire. And then I'm going to just chill. Like, why would you chill with 50, 60 years of wisdom and experience? Maybe because you don't have any wisdom. Maybe you're just like going through the same year. It's like groundhog day every year. It's the same year. You don't really have any wisdom. You just have a cycle of experience. So I, I think it's incredibly powerful people that are 70 that are out there like my friend dan sullivan he, he's out there and he's in his 70s now and he he's like this is great i've got 70 some odd years of experiences like i'm gonna this is gonna be my best year because i bring all that to the game
0: yeah but damien like I, I, you know th- i'm sure there was outliers i consider myself an outlier i, I don't know and, and and correct me if i'm wrong you're welcome to disagree and stuff like that but I personally feel like I'm an outlier because, like, I've been, I had, like, situations and events in my life that were not the norm, right? I was held at gunpoint, uh, had a really bad relationship that, that equated to, like, an abortion and a depression. I thought about, like, times where I wanted to run a car, co- a car against a freaking tree pole. Didn't do that, obviously, and that's why we're here talking now. But, you know, talk about lows, right? Talk about lows. And for, like, I'm, I'm 28 now. I'm going to talk about lows for like in my period of 21. So my 21 all the way to like 27 was a shit show. Like laid off, thought I was going to climb the corporate ladder, going to get tick all those boxes, but never happened. Like what? And then so, you know, people always say whenever I talk to them about these really kind of deep conversations that we currently have right now is that, oh, what do you know? You're 28. I'm like, I think I have more experiences than someone that's like, 65 that's really worked 40 years of their life that really went on two-week vacations and you know what i mean like who has more to experience? mexico yeah to, to, to mexico <laughs> or, or disneyland like, Can- this, this yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> this is what people do they they have the same experience for 30 or 40 years yeah. just because you're bald or gray doesn't mean you have any wisdom yeah i mean you might and, and you definitely got years but you may just have the same year 40 times over yeah. so in your case in all likelihood you've had more experiences of a variety and the roller coaster and the depth and this wisdom that gets baked into those experiences, then most people, unfortunately, that are tiptoeing safely to death's door, and they wake up at sixty. That you know, do they have anything useful to say? Maybe. I age. I mean, if you're six years old, you, it's funny. Six-year-olds have some interesting stuff to say because you have no idea what's coming out of their mouth because there's no filter. I, I mean, That's valuable. And then all of a sudden you get to like 13 and you start filtering, and that lasts until about your 60s. And then for most people – and then they maybe are open. Like I, my grandmother, God bless her. She is funny. She'll say anything. She told me one time I brought my girlfriend to visit her, and I get this letter in the mail a couple weeks later, and she said, you should definitely stay single. You are a self-centered prick, and I was like, "Oh my god, Grandma. Wow, you're, you're like, damn!" And, and I just, I sat with that, and I don't know. It took me a year or two to go, "Wow, she's right." Uh, you know, but she didn't care. Yeah. She said exactly what she was thinking. So there's a point where there's like these decades where we miss the yeah. opportunity to be candid, and it, we and the world misses our perspective. It doesn't mean you're mean. Sometimes no. people will take it that way, but that's their shit. I agree. But candor is valuable. It's J- Jack Welch said that's one of the missing things in business right now. The lack of candor. We just, we tend to say what people want to hear so that they like us. <laughs> oh, good. They like us and you just lied to them. So who are you?
0: It, it's, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like that's, uh, man, like it's funny because like after when you suffer so much, like you and I like have, been, have multiple conversations about the kind of these things and very similar stuff where, almost when you've experienced this kind of like turbulence in your life, you don't get, there's basically no point to have a filter. You're like, whatever, you know what I mean? Nothing really kind of bothers you anymore. Cause like people are talking about how they're being depressed because you know, so-and-so didn't text them back or whatever it is, all that stupid crap, like calm your freaking horses. All right. You're still healthy. You're, you're, you're alive. You know what I mean? Like there's people that suffer. I can't even, I have no pity for this anymore. Like, I don't know why it's just like, it's just because you've been through so much where you're just like, there's really no filter. I'm like, so what? text them back or not text them or
1: we're so wound up with what people think yeah. of us the the truth is they're not thinking about us they're thinking about themselves so it, it's you know, going back to the game it's it's like the the strategies that that Neil Strauss talks about in this book about approaching women and and the the whole process of doing that we're so attached to what they're going to what they're going to think about us and the truth is they're generally insecure animals that are just afraid and (laughs) and they're they're hoping that somebody will talk to them and it's funny because one of the things that is obvious that the more attractive these women are the less likely most people will go up to them and they're sitting there going nobody's gonna talk to me and it's it's really funny but it's we all have that same kind of nonsense in our brains the the fear of of what's somebody gonna think ah we're all in our own heads and and so this that that book helps you to understand that we're all humans and that you can literally use these techniques to get out of your own head and to start connecting. And what do we want more than connecting? I mean truly, what is more important? I don't think there's anything more than no, more important.
0: No, I agree. And it's funny because you mentioned the game and it's a book that I recommended to you to kind of dive back into because I personally found a lot of value out of it and for those of you who are listening to this podcast episode, there's this book called "The Game" that that it's for pickup artists or to pick up women. The author Neil Strauss uses it. He was a pickup artist and he was actually going out just having using it for like, just picking up women and 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 just you know just getting just having sex with them and all these sorts. But I lo- I read the book a second time and I found so much value out of it because like recently like I've been kind of in a place where oh my god I'm like. You know, I'm not gonna meet anybody, kind of deal. Like it's something like all these kind of insecurities that we're we're having here. But I read the book and I'm just like, ah, okay, it makes so much sense. It just really takes confidence to go talk to the women. Like you know, it's okay, desensitize yourself. These are the things that I've learned. I'm curious what you learned in this time around after reading that book because you did, you know, you texted me in and said that you finished the book, and I want to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I reading the the game is kind of like reading a martial arts yeah. uh, manual. <laughs> so, it's like most things, if you don't go do something with it, then you don't really build the confidence. that yeah. like confidence is never just academic and you actually have to do it. One of these these guys that's pretty controversial and I think he's one of the most brilliant thinkers of our day is Jordan Peterson. And he this guy, I mean if you listen to him, if you YouTube just watch him and whether you agree or disagree, it's fascinating because it's obvious he's been out there he's gone deep into the thinking around his perspective and his philosophy and he's he speaks and he, he can he can go head to head with anybody in the world I have no doubt and that's it's the same thing with with going and approaching a woman you can go head to head and approach any woman if you go and approach enough women you're not going to read the game 50 times and yeah. feel totally confident yeah. you got to go do it True. and feel like a knucklehead a few times <laughs> or maybe 100 times and then eventually you just you're like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go say hi and nobody's gonna eat you.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like we have to like provide some context right here with this as well too, because like, you know, the game I, I had the copy of the game a while ago and, and I thought it was just one of those books where like, you know, what I mean it's for like those fuckboys that are gonna be using for like, you know, what I mean like having sex and getting women and stuff like that. But I came back at it at a, at another time at a different time in my life. After all the turbulence, the first time I had the, the book was the time where I was just starting my career and stuff like that. And and so now, second time, I actually dove into it and I was like, you know what? This is like a gun. The, I think of it like a gun. Like you can use it to either protect or to hurt somebody kind of deal, right? And I'm looking at the knowledge in this book. and I'm just like, okay. So you really have to – the way you put it is like martial arts book because – you have to take it into perspective. You have to really go and, and apply what you learned and, and really fuck up because I fucked up from after reading the book. Like first time I read it, I didn't read it all the way. And then I was like, okay, do this, this and this. I did it. And then I was like, what do I do next? I was like, oh shit, I have to go back. Oops. I totally botched that. But, but it was like, yeah, like, it, and and this kind of philosophy and way of thinking and way of doing things can be applied in different things in life, really. Like if someone were to pick up your finance books, right? They have to apply it. They can't just read it and be like, okay, you know, this is how you're gonna get rich. I know how to get rich, but if you don't do anything with it, you're fucked.
1: Well, it, it, you know, the, the idea that knowledge is power is the biggest bunch of bullshit that we're ever gonna hear, and people regurgitate that saying all the time. Knowledge is power, and, and I have a master's. I'm like, you're full of crap. You know, good congratulations. You've got a good memorization system. Yeah. Like who cares? Like <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't make you interesting or powerful or useful yeah. in society. It's it's about doing something with it. It's applied knowledge that really matters. That's where the power is. So it's the same thing whether it's money or whether it's in, engaging with people or it's your wellness. Read a book on on wellness or go to the gym. Which one do you think is going to make you healthier? I mean, seriously? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's kind of obvious that but obviously just working out. But the thing is like i'm curious like after doing reading the game again what what have you learned in terms of this because i want to kind of dive a little bit on this because like i said i feel like something that we're struggling with is that a lot of um nothing we haven't talked about but a lot of like relationships now today i feel like the more you get to hold yourself a certain standard the more it is kind of hard to find someone that kind of that to meet people in that kind of place, because like you and I both know that our type of woman is is someone that has to be ambitious that has to have a little bit of drive, a little sense of adventure, something like that, right, and I'm curious on your thoughts on what you learned from the game this time around
1: I, I think it, when it comes down to it when you're when you're thinking about uh, relationships, most things have become commoditized now because of the the app world we live in and <laughs> And so there's a question of who you. I think you have to ask who you are going in, whether it's going into a coffee shop and meeting somebody, or having an introduction to someone, or you're going to be on Tinder or Bumble or Match or whatever. You got to ask. I, am, am I am I a player? Am, I mean, it's, it's when I was in Africa, it was funny because I had uh, there there I, my phone. I had an app on my phone, and I got these alerts, and I was like, I, I'm on Safari, and I had hundreds of of women reaching out saying i want to meet you and i was like i feel like i feel like prey like i'm a gazelle (laughs) a bunch of lionesses or something and and i i was like okay so what it and i just thought this is stupid yeah i I have no interest because i am not just somebody's target and that's how most people are approaching things on these apps it's a target it's a uh it's fucking on demand yeah it's you know it's it this is what our system has created there's no depth there are some counters to that there's the league there's some things that have been built where it's about really great people that are that these systems are trying to match up and it and they vet that so I have no interest in the tinders or the Bumbles. It's just not interesting and I know there's some good people on there, but for the most part that's just a fuck fest and yeah. thats you know okay great if that's what you want it's perfect like it's an, it's it's an it's an all you can eat buffet I mean <laughs> honestly it is. You can do as much as you want, and, and uh, you know this, this all started with Grindr years yeah. ago in the gay community, and it was, and then they, and then you know, uh, I forget who did it with D- Barry Diller or whoever bought the these apps said, "Oh, this is great. This applies to everybody because everybody is basically just an animal that wants to go out there and, and hook up and and screw." Yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically what has happened. So, I, I you know. no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I I, just, I I think we have to decide in advance of going into these spaces what our intention is. So the, in the game, Neil talks about how he, a lot of these pickup artists weren't really just going out there to, to find somebody to sleep with. It was more of the challenge of being able to connect and, and get somebody's phone number. Yes. And that, that became the game to them. Yeah. He's like, wait, so you're not just out there looking for sex? And they're like no it's it's this whole process of of breaking down these walls and actually being able to connect versus sitting on our phone and quietly typing and pretending that we're actually doing something that you know we're we're too we're too uncomfortable to go talk to somebody that's the point of the game it's to be get out of our own fear to connect with human beings i think that that's what i pulled away from this whole book was give me get get over yourself
0: yes come on yes yes david Fuck yeah! I give you a virtual high five right about now, and uh, because it's so true, because like it's so easy, in my opinion, because like their options are are, are so readily available to swipe right and all these sorts all the time, and 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 people believe in this. This is like gonna be a thing, right? It's still a thing, right? But the thing is like now. I think I think it's it's the way to stand out is going back to the old ways where you literally have to go up to someone and be like, Hey, you know what, I think you're freaking gorgeous or something like that and really you know, just talk to them and get out your fucking head and just do this. But like what I've noticed that applying the the principles in the game has really helped me in taking action on what I really want to do. Because like I said, like uh a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs or, or create wealth or whatever it is, they get into their own head a lot. You always yeah. see the people that are like you know um, what is was it called um, like they 're basically junkies they, they like to go to like seminar seminar go to like you know tony Robbins like a kind of deal and and, and they don 't do anything with it i've met tons of people like that they don 't do anything with
1: it you know what you call those people losers <laughs> no seriously if you're going if if it doesn't matter whether it's relationship conferences or wealth i see this in in investing all the time where i see the same people at every damn seminar and i go so how's it going they're like oh it's amazing i'm i I'm, i've got like I'm, I'm gonna do four deals or, or whatever their number is and i was like well how many have you done and they go well i haven't found a, gr- a great deal yeah. yet i was yeah. like yeah okay it's so you're right. These these junkies, you know why they you know why they don't do anything? Because it's safe. You go to a seminar. It's what they, that seminar industry they, they they feed on people like that. Yeah. The people that just keep showing up because they feel like they're making progress. My old business partner used to say this all the time. I'd say, "How is it going?" She's like, "Oh, I'm making progress." And I'm like, "What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you're you're like in a hamster wheel, dude. Like you're just going in circles. And you're progress, my ass. You're you're not actually doing anything different." You just have more digital information bouncing around in your brain. Yeah, but who cares?
0: True. Like I met somebody one time in Thailand. Um, you know, after watching Tony Robbins' documentary on Netflix, I forget what it was called. I am not your guru or something like that. Or I am not your really guru. Great no. movie, by the way. I loved it. And and I was, it was about him and his seminar. And then um, I met a guy out there after watching the movie. He was like, "Oh, I've been to that twenty-five times." I'm like, "What?
1: The twenty-five fuck? times? Fuck!"
0: I'm All like, right. "Dude." I'm like, why did you go 25 times? He's like, why not? I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to keep to myself. I'm not going to talk to you because I can clearly see that you, you have not made any improvements and that you need to go 25 times. I'm like, okay, just, just let's not, let's not get into this. But in my opinion, what my first thought initial reaction was like, holy shit. Like 25 times, like damn, you are a junkie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People, people get sucked into that space because it is simply safer and our, our concern that something is going to eat us if we make a mistake I mean it's, it's baked into us as kids yeah. if you make a mistake you're a failure and and so we go to a seminar we never fail good job you're here you're one you're the best you know whether it's Brian Tracy or Tony Robbins and, and you're thumping your chest and like yeah and you feel good the, here's what's fascinating if I, I can't I mean I love Tony I've got a lot out of Tony's work and I've applied a ton of it I don't know that I can actually go to one of his big seminars because I might throw up and it's because I know exactly what's happening with the neuro-linguistic programming with ch- thumping the chest and the lights flashing and the anchoring and everything that's going on. And for most people and for me in the beginning, that was important because I needed to anchor. I needed to have these tools. Yeah. But when I'm there, I'm like, oh, my God, you're just anchoring me into wanting to be at your next event. Yeah. And, and it's a process to sell more. And I don't really have time for that anymore. Yeah. I mean it's – I love to buy. I love to be at, at events. I do it because I feel compelled and not because somebody has manipulated me and, and there's too much of that going on in in the world it's it's very I mean it's it's abundant in the seminar industry it's it's really abundant all over the place but golly, the seminar industry is crazy I mean, and Tony is the best in the business he is I mean, guys amazing i know and like i said like i i, I get what
0: you're feeling i you're, like for me like i went to one seminar what was it called um okay. Damn, it was in Toronto. I forget what it was called. Gary Vaynerchuk and such was there. Simon Sinek, all these big names. And I went to it, and everybody was all hyped. Everybody was ready. It was like you know, two thousand entrepreneurs. And there were people who were like are entrepreneurs and kind of like, oh, I'm wearing the whole suit. I got a Louis Vuitton, like belt and sorts like that. They want to look the part. I was like, I was in a T-shirt and Chuck, like my Chuck Taylors. And I was like, hey, what's up? You want to talk to me? No, because yeah. like they looked at me. I'm like, whatever. But. Afterwards, I noticed like the motivation went away over time. After the the, the key thing was like the seminars. Like I it was like it was fizzling off, and eventually you, I could see why people want to go to the next one because they, they want to get that high again. It was like it was a great, yeah, it's literally a drug. It makes you feel damn good. Like,
1: I, and we all want that because basically we're sitting there stuck in a life. Most people don't like the lives they have. It's it's fascinating. I, I like asking people a question. If you're listening to this right now, ask yourself the question if. If Damien were to think, you know what? I'm gonna, you're cool. I'm gonna send you ten million bucks. What are you gonna do tomorrow? And if you say, "Oh my gosh, I am moving, I am quitting my job, I'm leaving my spouse, I'm getting rid of my kids," no, you know, if you (laughs) if you are changing your life radically, the question is, why are you in prison that you built and put yourself in? Why are you doing that? Well, I I can't, and the the excuse I got kids, I got a wife, or I can't do this, and uh, you aren't. It's not that you can't; you just aren't, and that's a choice. And it's really scary that people are are spending all this time and really giving up their life. To, y- y'all are in prison of your own making. It's true. And, and why would you do that? True,
0: man. Oh, I love this conversation, Damien. Like, I, I oh. what's um, shift gears a little bit? Let's let's talk about. um. You know what's been what's been a struggle, and and you know something that you're passionate about recently. Like uh, I want to hear what's going on in your world because uh, we can talk forever about this subject, man.
1: <laughs> the, the, we talked about this a little bit with in the beginning. The idea that there are all these options, and yeah. so I've got these different projects. And one of the things that one of the tools that I, I've used over the last number of years, and I'm and I'm getting become a world class expert in this, is the parking lot. And it's taking these projects. Like I've got two different books that are coming out, one in the fall and one next year. And a, and I've also got a digital platform for financial mentoring because I don't have the ability to one-on-one work with as many people as I want to help, yeah. and I need to be able to reach out to more people all over the planet. So I've got these different projects, and they take a ton of time and energy and resources, and the, the power is in being able to say yes and it's not going to happen right now. It's – and putting it down the road and being okay with that. Yeah. You know, I've talked about my my podcast, Transformation Nation, yeah. and my intention was to have that thing launched in the beginning of 2018. And there's only so much bandwidth that we have. We can we can have anything we want, but we can't have everything. So, I wanted everything to to launch at the same time. Well, it's not realistic. So being able to say, okay, I'm going to have this plan, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm mapping out 18 to 24 months out now in terms of when things are going to happen, when I'm going to give them bandwidth. And so when somebody says, hey, I want to do this, I'm like, that's great. I don't have the bandwidth that I can give you until 2019 or 2020, and being okay with that—it's the yes. only way that you can actually live your life on purpose versus chasing those shiny nuts as a dumb squirrel.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I love. It. I'm picturing like a squirrel right the Uh It's funny, but um, no, I. You know, there was this one famous quote from Mark Cuban, billionaire, saying that you have to be right once, just once.
1: Yep, that's it.
0: And meaning that. He's the type of guy that really focuses his time and energy into like one project at a time, right? And and not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people can, can see that that you know, you have to kind of go like an inch wide and a mile deep instead of like a mile wide and an inch deep kind of deal. If that made sense. Yeah, well,
1: you, and, and why do we do that? Cuz at FOMO. We're we it's fear of missing out. We're literally afraid that if we don't do all these things, we don't juggle all these things, we're going to miss the experience, we're going to be judged. There is a fear, and it is crazy, and it's exhausting us. It's adrenal burnout. It's yeah. I mean, like our systems are being crushed because we can't say no. Yeah, eh, we we don't say no. We can say no, but we go into this primal reptilian state of uh, I don't want I don't want to miss out because okay. part of my experience is that thing that that experience or or whatever and. It's hard when you hear a guy like Jim Rohn who said, hey, don't, don't, don't miss out on anything. And I love Jim Rohn. He was a great, he was a great I guy. He died a few years ago. He, he said, don't miss anything. And I, that's, that got hardwired into my brain. Don't miss anything. So say yes. Man, if you say yes like Jim Carrey and Yes Men, you're going to burn the hell out. So be mindful. And, and how do you do that? You get really clear on who you are, your values, and your mission. And once you have those, it's a filter on the yeses. I get more and more people that are reaching out to me on LinkedIn and and Facebook. And I go to Facebook. I don't go on there more than like once every month or two. And I have this massive list of all these messages and, and friend requests. I'm like, who are these people? And I, what what do they want from me? Very rarely does somebody come in and say, "Hey, thank you," and I just wanted to say I appreciate what you're doing. And if there's anything I can do for you, it's a, "Hey, I want to connect with you and I want to sell you something." I'm like, you know, fuck off. Yeah. It's it that, but that's what they're trained to do. Just pound people. That's that's called spam attack, and and nobody wants that. I mean, nobody wants that. Yeah. What we want is people that are interested in us, that are are interested in a relationship, yeah. not a conflicted relationship, but a relationship based on on rotational orbiting and and a, a connection without tension. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the basic of basis of Yokido. It's it's relationship without conflict. Yeah, but. Imagine, just think about how much conflict there is when the first interaction with somebody is, Hey, what's going on? Great network. I've got something I want to show you. Can you take, can you spend five minutes looking at it? No!
0: Piss (laughs) off! I know. you know how many you know how often i get that it's just like it's just like you don't want anything from me who thinks
1: that works like <laughs> who thinks that that uh, raise your hand if you think that that works
0: like, oh my god nobody
1: likes that no you guys stop doing it
0: it turns them off and like you know you know that's that, that's very easy to like kind of find though but i hate it when the ones are like oh i just wanted to reach out to connect with you and, and stuff like that And later on they kind of sneak in something else in there where it's like you and i have talked about this a lot where like Kindness, genuine relationships like you and I have right now where it's like legit, like I don't care, like whatever, we just talk and we try to have a building of deep connections and that's all it is. But there are people that using this as a tactic that kind of gets you, oh, I'm going to sell this person because I'm going to give says like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk give and, and I'm like, yeah, give. Like
1: stupid word. It's it's being it's being it's been abused. Yeah, the word I'm gonna give. I, I, it's one of the funniest things is is on Upwork. I've had people do a lot of work on Upwork, and I'll put something out a, pr- a request for a proposal, and I get all these people saying, "Hey, look at my portfolio." If I have one out of fifty people that says, "I looked at your website, I checked it out, and here's what I saw," uh, that'd be amazing. One out of fifty. Nobody does it. Yeah. They go, well, if I just if I just send my same cut and paste email out to 50 people that have asked for a proposal, somebody it'll hook somebody. You know what? If one person says, I actually looked at your stuff and here's what I thought, I'm going to hire them. Yeah. They may be crappy, they may be terrible, but I actually appreciate somebody that's taken the time and invested in me before I said yes. Yes. And that's and I know a lot of people are going to say, ah, it's too much time because people are just price shopping. Nah, not everybody. No. You, and that's not who you want anyway. When you're working, you want people that actually value you and and what you're bringing to the table and your commitment. So, I, th- there's there's a different approach. It is a red ocean and a blue ocean of operating your life. You want to be in there and swimming with people that are just the, the sharks and all this this space that's noisy and painful and exhausting. Or you want to go into a place where you stand apart and stand alone. With the other rock stars, it's, it's it's truly a choice. But people want the hack, Paul. They all everybody wants to go straight to the finish line. The they funnels. want to like hop over it. Funnels, <laughs> Brunson, damn you! Everybody <laughs> thinks it's just a quick turn funnel application into wealth. I mean, come on.
0: I know, I know. And I'm curious, like you know, the blue ocean strategy. You said you read into the second one, the sequel. Is that is that good? Because I gotta, I gotta. It's
1: excellent. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Blue ocean shift. It's it's really the implicate or the uh, the the application and really doing it. Oh. Okay. Cool. So yeah, blue ocean strategy is is the idea, and then you know, how, how do you execute? Like, what do you do? Okay. A lot of a lot of mapping and and really, if you're not blue oceaning your business, and it's not just now. So here's one of the things I picked up on this, and I don't remember if this was the first book or the second, but if if you're looking at your business and you go, oh, I i I'm good. I got business. I got clients. All right, so are you being commoditized? Is it happening slowly? If if you look out three or five years, are you still going to be in a blue ocean or is the red ocean going to overtake you? And most businesses, mortgage businesses, got absolutely hammered in the last decade. They went from a lot of people having the ability to be kind of a blue ocean consultant and all of a sudden now it's commoditized. It's a red ocean. It's, It's about how many tenths of a percentage, how many bips can I get pulled off my rate? Nobody cares who it is, Bank of America, Royal Bank of Canada. Like Nobody gives a crap what the actual institution is. So where where is your deal heading? Here's a strange, crazy, almost terrifying thing. Tony Robbins, since he was in our conversation already, is taking all of his videos and all of his experiences of being in these seminars and feeding them into deep learning like Watson and creating artificial intelligence so that you can hire Tony Robbins as your mentor for 50 bucks a month. And you'll actually be able to have Tony there in VR or on your computer and you can say, Tony, here's my situation. And Tony, the AI Tony, will be able to actually interact with you as if he was sitting there. So That's if sick. you're a coach Yeah. So if you're a coach, you go, I am two thousand or five thousand dollars a month, and somebody goes, Yeah, but Tony Robbins is basically fifty bucks a month and I got Tony Robbins. So how are you gonna differentiate? You better be more than just, I can ask good questions. No, I guarantee you, Tony's going to ask better questions than you. Even AI Tony's going to ask better questions. (laughs) It's, I mean, you've got, part of it is you bringing experience into that conversation, and Mm -hmm. part of it is you authentically connecting because AI Tony is not going to authentically connect. Give me a break. Yeah. You know, it's just a computer. But if it's all about the questions, if it's just about the questions, you're screwed. That's coming. That's where you might be in a blue ocean space now. But if you're not looking out five years, AI is going to fundamentally change everything in coaching. 3D printing is changing everything with distribution, with products, with, I mean, it, look out five years. These, these disruptive technologies are going to change your industry and your business. Yeah. So digital currency, Bitcoin, is going to change finance. Yeah. There are a lot of people that make a lot of money, a lot of businesses that will be gone In the next five to ten years, because of these technologies, yeah, VR. You know, they're teaching classes now. You can sit at home, right? You don't. It's free. You can get college classes, MIT, in in Boston. You can get. You can basically have the experience. So, why are we paying two hundred thousand dollars for a piece of paper? Why? Because we think that that's important. Yeah. You think I care if you have a $200,000 piece of paper? I don't give two shits. How are you <laughs> going to be able to do something for my business? And that matters if you want to work for the government. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you're not listening to this thing because your goal is to work for the government. Yeah. So if you want to – I mean these – we really have to be asking ourselves, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? What is the belief system? I mean I dropped out of college four times. And thank God I finally said, Enough. Why am I continuing to do this? Because it was somebody else's rules based on how they're going to be successful. Had nothing to do with me contributing and having a fulfilled life. It was a success box that you mentioned, the checkbox. Yeah. That's what it was. It was somebody else's damn checkbox. Yeah. Not even for me. I know. Poster boy.
0: I'm telling you, I didn't want to be, oh my God, it's the story of my life, David. Like, <laughs> it's the story of our lives, actually. Like, what the hell? Yeah, no, I'm so glad, like I said, I'm so glad, like, you know, we're, we're at the point where, People are starting to see that, right? There, there's a handful of people that are starting to see that now. People are kind of thinking about that, and it's a slow progress and stuff. But it, honestly, I feel that those people who don't uh, understand the adaptation of all this through time, the ones who are literally trying to spend the money, trying to hold back of the old ways, schools are schools are struggling with this. They're trying to grasp the idea of like, you know, what I mean, like they're trying to make it still um instill everybody to like that, hey, diplomas and and, and degrees are, are important, but it's not. They're gonna be wiped out. The things you can learn now on YouTube itself far greater exceeds stuff in like school. If I ever need
1: well, to it's, do- it's also t- it's just too slow too yeah. with school. They don't evolve fast enough. Everything is changing. The information is becoming outdated and irrelevant in so many spaces and so many industries every six or twelve months. Yeah. And so how are you supposed to go into an institution and say, okay, I'm going to do this curriculum over the next four or five years that's going to actually be applicable in four or five years because the information I'm learning this year is going to be outdated, so, so outdated in four or five years that you're going to be behind. It's not what you know. It's how fast you can learn and how fast you can update your your OS. I mean that's, that's – your internal operating system has got to be able to be changed. It's just like your apps on your phone. Yeah. They're constantly changing. They're changing because the hardware is changing. They're changing because there's better technology. There's better thinking. If you're not doing that, you're going to get run over. In in the United States, the the push to elect Donald Trump had more to do with people being stuck and not willing to adapt because they said, "Protect our jobs and America, number one," and all this stuff. And and yeah, there's a lot of screwed up things, but people didn't want to take responsibility to update their OS, so they said, "Donald Trump, save us." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really? And, um... that, that's and that's sad for them. I mean, it, it, who cares about Donald Trump? It's just it's sad that millions of people are not willing to update and and adapt, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what Donald Trump does. Donald Trump isn't going to save them. Donald Trump is just Donald Trump. But you guys are with you, and and really, if, if you're blaming or justifying or you're a victim, you're done.
0: I'm clapping for you, man, because like that. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. That's it. All right. This place is too hot. Virtual room's too hot, Damien. We're going to go home. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love that. No, that's, you're, you're so on the ball with this. Like, it's like, this reminds me of a great book that I read that's, that's, I personally feel is timeless. Zero to one by Peter Thiel, the one that invented, um, um, PayPal. He, he saw this in the 2000s and, and worked together with Elon Musk at the time when he, when they had a company to kind of like um, uh, prevent them t- for their companies to get crushed by the new waves of change but those who can't are wiped out those larger corporations back in the old days like they don't exist anymore today
1: well but- I, I i read about one of the books i read uh, on this trip that i was just on is called the life after google and it talks about the blockchain technologies mm. and because Google has built a system, the free system, where they give you all this free stuff, Gmail and Google Calendar. They give you all this free stuff, but you're the product, yeah. and they make all this money, and it's, their mantra is do no evil. Really? Do no evil. Yeah, you know, I love their tools. I love their stuff, but the, the truth is they're sneaky bastards, and they give you all this stuff because they're basically hammering you with very effective marketing, and they're slipping their shit in, somebody else's stuff that they're paying, to slip in into your, your attention, and I don't like that, and I know there's a lot of people that don't like that, and we're getting burned out. So the blockchain is going to change to where you're literally going to be paying for the right information to come to you. It'll be micropayments, you know, pennies and things, and you're going to control this flow of information. Sweet. Google is not going to survive that because it's putting the power back in the individuals' hands to where we choose what we want, we choose when we want it. And Google doesn't get to control that, and they don't get to feed us all this nonsense advertising that's subtle, but powerful, but really we're the target. And that's that is going to change. So, it—I I mean, it's fantastic because it's really putting the power back in people's hands. Yeah. Same thing is going to happen with Facebook. You're still the target there. Free my ass. You're creating the content, and then you're—and then you're getting targeted. And then Mark Zuckerberg ends up with another twenty billion dollars on his balance sheet. Yeah. That how is that a fair exchange? That's nonsense.
0: No, I know. I, and it's crazy because, like, I hear a lot of talks and, like, you know, uh, Facebook owns Instagram and I'm heavily in there right now. But the thing is, like, I can see that like, I can actually see myself removing myself away from them later on. It's just because, like, there's a lot of the talks and, like, how Zuckerberg is looking to kind of monetize us again and try to make it more profitable for him. It's wonderful to see all that there is actually genuine things that's going to happen later on that's going to give the power back to the people. I'm excited. How long do you think that's going to be? I'm curious, in your opinion.
1: I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if Google gets wiped in the next five years, yeah. and it's it's a it's a big statement. But there are millions and millions of people around the globe. When you add on three billion new people, this is, this is basically what's happened with the internet: three billion new minds, and they're all sharing ideas and things. There's just going to be some random person that comes up like the socket. Uh, 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 no, what's his name? Satoshi Nakamoto. Yes. You know, you the know, inventor of Yeah, the, this Bitcoin. guy that says, I have got an idea. It's called Bitcoin. It's fundamentally revolutionizing. Is he real? Yeah, I that's the question. Is it a guy? Is, I it, know. is it an idea? You know, <laughs> we don't know. Is it AI? You know, I don't know. Nobody but knows. Nobody knows, except for him, you know, Satoshi. So uh, there, I think it really, it, there is this, wave that's going to come just like we have corrections in markets and cycles and people go well what's going to trigger it it doesn't matter it's an avalanche that's there's there's this mountain and it's got all this snow and one snowflake is going to trigger this thing coming down who cares which snowflake it is it doesn't matter we just know that the avalanche has been built up and that's all these people that are looking for ways to empower people and take away the power from these centralized technocrats yeah. that's the shift it doesn't matter which snowflake it is it's the wrong question Question is: Are you ready for that blue ocean of opportunity, or are you going to sit there and get crushed in the in the free for all? So ask a better question, you get a better answer. I mean, I think I got that from Tony Robbins, but it's good. It's a good question.
0: It is 100%. Oh man, I love this. I love this conversation. It's could you believe it's an hour already? It's insane. I love it. Um, my man, I want to be respectful for your time, and and I want to. I, I, I could talk to you about forever. I feel like we're gonna bring you on again, you know, just the third time, third round. We're gonna talk more about a bunch of things. Um, I'm gonna be respectful of your time. I'm gonna ask you a few more questions. We're gonna wrap things up and then sure, uh, we'll go from there, um, cool. dude. But like, if anybody were to like, you know, want to reach out to you or anything like that, where can they find you?
1: Find me at damianlupo.com. I mean, that's that's where my see what you're listening to right now is my AI. My AI lives. <laughs> no, it's this is me, Stop. but. It's, yeah, go go visit there, and and I mean that's that's where I do my work, and I I share my right? my life is about the contribution. It's that peak life. The C is for contribution, so I'm constantly doing everything I can think of to contribute, and so you're gonna find all that stuff um, on my site. And that's and by the way, you can spell Damien Lupo any any way you want. It's one of the keys with with making sure that people don't you know, lose your the ability to connect with you. Register like 15 different versions of your of your They'll name. Find if, you.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> dude. Um, you know, I'm sure I asked you this before, but you know, this is called the Path Hunters podcast. When you hear the name Path Hunters, what comes to mind?
1: That this is when you're thinking about your path. It reminds me of being in the jungle, and we didn't have a path, by the way, when we were in the jungle looking for these gorillas. When I was over there, you just go, and you're just making up your path, and it's it's the path less taken. You know, the, this whole I don't know Thoreau or whatever, and it you have to be willing to cut your own path it's not just following somebody else's path you'll find so much juice and what most people need and want is somebody else's path to follow so yeah. your job is to be that path for somebody else and give because a lot of people won't go into the jungle you you got to be the one that does that that's it's important the world needs people like us
0: oh, i love that man so imagine this if you're at your deathbed you know there's 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 a few things that you can write down. Let's just say five truths that you believe are true that you want to pass on as your legacy. This is the final thing that you want to say to these people. And what would those five things
1: be? Fail faster, no regrets. Golly, I know. Well, and it's it's pretty, to me it's even simpler than you know, It I, I like the way that Brendan Richard summed it up. You know, live and love and and matter. Yeah, and it's. The, the the point is every day asking yourself, am I living a certain way where there's going to be regrets? If you're living without regrets because you're living full on and you're making mistakes fast, you're going to get to the end and you're going to be good. yeah You're, you're totally going to be good. If you're living where you're going, um, I'm hesitating and I want to make a mistake, I promise you you're going to have a hell on earth experience when you get to your deathbed going, oh man, like my dad did. Oh, God dang, I wish I had done other things. I wish I, I, I missed out. That's the worst case scenario. So without regrets, fail faster.
0: I love that. I would, this is one saying that I always say, hesitation kills. You just act, strike, and go at it, right?
1: Yeah, well, and, and one of the fun parts, pe- people, uh, you know, people are, are in their heads, they're thinking, and they're concerned. There's fear. You can't be in motion and be afraid at the same time. Like you, there's So if you're if you're staying engaged, it's like when you're you're doing martial arts and you're moving and you're you're present. It's yeah. about presence. Yes. When you're moving, you're present. You're not thinking anymore. If you sit there standing still, you're gonna freeze and be paralyzed. Your your amygdala is going to take over your life sure. and be frozen. So your amygdala is either either going to be supportive or not you just but staying in motion is, is probably one of the most powerful keys and then on the other side there is stillness of re, with reflection but that's that's more of a conscious decision when you're you're really on your own it's it's not about going out into the world and being still and and, and frozen it's it's about you being able to be present with yourself
0: Hmm, i love that my man i appreciate you for jumping on the podcast man i wanted to wrap things up i wanted to be I lo- you know honestly I respect and like so grateful to you and have the utmost respect and I'm like excited to bring you on again happy birthday by the way Thank we're you. gonna you know yeah. it's gonna be a great time to like reflect and such for you Um and we'll catch you on the flip side have yourself a great one man
1: sounds good thanks Paul appreciate you you
0: guys enjoyed that episode And I'll catch you guys soon. I really hope you guys got some amazing insights from this episode. And, yeah, get ready for some more amazing, amazing episodes. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Stay awesome. I know you guys can become path hunters. Follow your life. Follow your dreams. Follow whatever dreams you want. I love it. I just love grandma. Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast you can always find me at pathhunters.com stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today